Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com And Mom and Pop survive under Schumer's federal legalization bill. Industry experts give their opinion. Hawaii bans smokable hemp and CBD gummies. And one CEO purchases $100,000 worth of their company's stock. Find out which company after you play Name That String. But first, give us a like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. Here's Tom and Miggy with the news. Yo, happy Sunday. Yo, happy Sunday. I thought that there was going to be some music with that. You know, it's always nice to continue to explore and experiment. Welcome I to hear Legalization News. You didn't hear no music, man? I heard a little, little there's a little beat behind there. Hmm. Oh, well. But uh, yeah, top story. Schumer's marijuana reform bill will create industry winners and losers, experts say MJ Biz Daily. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then uh, shout out to 3C Consulting, a client of mine. I had a quote in it and it said, friend of the show, Nick Easley from 3C Consulting said, it's going to be the big dogs that win. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, no matter what bill passes, right? Like the banking bill is, is important. Safe banking. Uh, there's a big push for that, you know, by a lot of industry people. And it's true. It's safe banking, safe access, uh, you know, less robberies would be a thing. Less robberies wouldn't be a thing. Well, it would be a thing. But the thing is the, about it, the problem has to do with all the types of regulatory that they're going to have to do with GMP certifications for all the manufacturers and operations, those types of issues. And then, you know, it's it's going to be very, very interesting uh, to see how how much stuff they have to get around. Plus, then you have the uh, the tax rates that are pretty obscene as well. Well, no matter what, with the regulated market, it's going to be money involved, right? Like when Schumer's bill or, or Booker's or whoever's bill passes, there's going to be winners and losers, and they're all going to have invested at least half a million dollars in it. Which is not mom and pop friendly. <laughs> no, mom and, uh, middle market businesses are between two and fifty million dollars, and so provided that there's some middle market businesses, that's great. Uh, you aren't going to be able to grow weed for less than a couple million bucks, I would imagine, considering that any facility that's going to be used to grow it will have to be GMP certified. That's just not um, a basement tent 
up. You know, it's just not. Well, the, the GMP and all the other certifications with manufacturing and processing are things that always have to be in consideration. I imagine like with breweries, uh, there's a certain level that they have to meet. But Anheuser is the higher level, right? Like Anheuser, because they're a national brand, have to meet way more re- regulatory uh, uh, things than, say, if I decided to open up a store tomorrow, uh, a boutique, you know, if I magically got a license and then magically had the, the ability to sell craft cannabis, like I had that network already, there are small leg- reg- regulations I have to meet. Not as many, though, if I was a MSO, right? Because that's who's, who's winning here. Same regulations. I mean, we're standing up a small craft grow in Illinois or two, and that's not going to be less than four or five million dollars and so you know it's it's expensive to get these types of build outs so that you can control all the type of environment i had aphids in my basement garden i didn't have any real pest protocols and ipm that i had before now and now uh, you know imagine that if you just try to go easy into this and you're not going to have perfect HVAC and, and wonderful SOPs regarding pest control and you get a vector in there and it just takes out your crop and then, you know, or, it, you know, the, the cannabis comes back and it's not clean. It's not testing right. And so like all that type of stuff, all those corners that you can cut, you're not allowed to do. And, and so, you know, it, That's true. Is, how do you define cannabis mom and pop? I just define cannabis mom and pop as a middle market, middle market company between two and $50 million a year. That will be there, I hope. Uh, but then, sure, the huge conglomerates that are worth billions and billions of dollars, it's going to be way easy for them to comply with the same rules than it is for the mom and pop, the middle market people. Miggy, you're still on mute. Miggy is doing the show from his house. There we go. Dogs inside. <laughs> As I, uh, I see what you're saying with the MSOs having a bigger advantage because they have a bigger war chest. So they can, you know, dig into it more. Whereas mom and pops, they have to play it uh, safe and, and hit the exact things. But so, you know, the companies that will be the winners here will be the multi-state operators, including smaller ones that haven't invested heavily in more costly indoor cultivation, such as MSOs, which include Massachusetts-based Leaf and Illinois' headquartered Green Thumb Industries. That's that's sad to hear, though. I mean, it's too many uh, big winners, right? I mean, not. Well, we have to get out there first. And again, you're going to have to be competing with Oregon eventually. And so there's just areas in the United States that are great for growing the product. And then there's areas in the United States that aren't. And so those are going to be the areas where you'll have your craft beer. And so if you look at the costs of creating that beer, I'm sure to make a Budweiser is way cheaper than it is to make whatever craft brew at a local brewery that you enjoy. Way cheaper. But um, there's no profit in it, you know? I just don't think legalization is really going to be there until we get to the point, like, say you got those aphids, right? Like, you got them from Home Depot who was selling... What? Tomatoes and bell peppers, right? And if you're going to be a tomato and bell pepper business and you bought those as your startup for your crop, Mm -hmm. will there be recourse because they pass shitty, no QA product? You know what I mean? Like, that's the point we needed is we can go to Home Depot and pick up some clones. Uh, but then you have vectors now. And so now you have to be careful with those clones. And you're, so you're going to have to put them into uh, uh, you know quarantine for a few weeks. And that's all get, gets back to your SOPs because the cost of growing indoor cannabis is what it is. It's not cheap. And so you're going to need to make sure that you are protecting that harvest. And, and to do that, to have the type of HVAC, to have the uh, SOPs that you need, to train the employees, to have the facility constructed so it can 
be a barrier to pests or to molds or, uh, you know, you can't buy the wrong uh, fertilizers or other stuff to put in the plants either so that it tests for all the heavy metals and other uh, things that they require you to pass on. Uh, all of that stuff is going to push the price up, but it's not going to do so unrealistically. Uh, the GMP certification, that may do it unrealistically. And then the 25% tax on the back of it is what might just, you know, really put yeah. a death nail. The tax is definitely going to be a, a, a nail in a lot of these business coffins. Like the, well, the fact that, so I bought some of our uh, friends from uh, Seattle Bubble Works. I got a $5, uh, $5. For a half gram infused joint, and I'm thinking, hey, I bought two of these, and I'm, I was going to uh, tag Joby and be like, hey, man, I just gave you ten bucks, but in reality, I think I just gave him like two fifty because of the tax on top of it. Like, it's just crazy that you can sell these at the store for five bucks, and they have to meet a price point of what a dollar. It's just not right. Well, that's the that's the market. You know, you're dealing in this type of market. And so then people are like, well, let's have more open markets. That's fine. You know, more open markets and then assign licenses more freely. But it doesn't change the uh, metrics of the inputs. It doesn't. Uh, you know, what changes the metric is on the inputs? You're in Colombia. You have great weather. You have wonderful uh, climate for it. You don't need to have any lighting and heating or, or ventilation or, or stuff like that. But most places aren't going to be that. And in 10 years, most of the weed might be grown in such places like that, except for maybe 5,000 square foot flowering to 14,000 square foot flowering facilities that are premium indoor or, or uh, Dutch style greenhouses. But then they're local. And so I still I, I, I disagree with the, um, the the general wisdom that it's not going to have any room for mom and pop. I think there's going to be room for mom and pop. It's just we have to understand that mom and pop is a middle market company. Uh, that means two to 50 million dollars. You know, there might not be any room for like uh, extremely small business, you know, like less than two million dollars a year. No, I see what you're saying. Like, like the mom, the the concept of mom and pop with cannabis has to be reevaluated because it's already just the the, the law against it, right? Like, um, I couldn't just wake up tomorrow and be like, all right, I'm going to open a storefront because I have to get the licenses and then I have to get mm -hmm. the store, or you know, depending on the requirements for the license, I have to have the the brick and mortar first, which is ridiculous. Like, who has that kind of money <laughs> to to just have a rent pending out of hopes, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, it, it's going to be one of those deals where uh, and then people keep talking. So I try to put that up and then take it down. Shout out to him for making some comments. And if you guys are enjoying it, go ahead and get in the chat or just leave us a comment and let us know what you think about how mom and pops are going to be able to survive in the cannabis game once it's federally legal. Because then, like, think about it. you're not just competing with. Um, uh, Cresco and all that. You're also competing with Oregon and producers that are where the pounds are like $800 a pound and over in Illinois where the pounds are $3,500 a pound in wholesale weight. And so that's going to create this weird arbitrage opportunity where they're going to be moving weed between states and then you'll have price stabilization. And that's really where the mom and pops are going to be able to shine if they are like the craft beer. Uh, they are the weed of that city. Like they are that local brand. Like right, right, right. here, over there, when I go to visit Seattle, I would have like one of those Rainier beers. And, and I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing that right. Is it Rainier or Rainier? That's Rainier. Rainier. You got it right. Yeah. Cool. There's an old ass commercial that goes Rainier. But yeah, I mean, like right now, the 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 money, the 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 chance for people to uh, have a good business at this uh, is to reevaluate the small mom and pop is to be like a community thing where, where people in a community put their money together and invest in, say, half a million or whatever. 
that's going to be your 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 advantage yep. for investments and stuff like that. You yeah, know, and, 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 okay. it's going to be interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I am building this. And so this is knowledge.cannabisindustrylawyer. Uh, and one of the things that I'm going to be doing is creating a product where people can get together and learn all this information about how the cannabis businesses operate, how they're financed, how much they cost, how profitable they are, uh, what type of team you need, how to do branding, all those types of things. And then they'll be able to network with one another that are in it. And so like every month we'll have uh, an event where uh, I'm going to call it CLN networking, because I think a lot of the people that we get in there will be from the the news network here. But uh, it's all about teaching people how to put together these types of financial models, pitch decks, business plans, and especially about teaching those social equity people because they're going to be the only ones that are going to win a license. You know, the, the difference I just occurred to me is like when we talk about legalization, especially, you know, being young and thinking about the process and how it works. Right. The difference is opening a lemonade stand in front of your house versus opening a restaurant. Right. Like you open a restaurant, you still have to have the financial backing. Um, you got to float a couple uh, months because you have to build that repertoire and hopefully you have good, you know, good business practices that make you uh, a profit. So I, I see that's what the difference is. It's a lemonade stand versus the actual restaurant, right? Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about lemonade stands here and the lemonade stands will be your, once you, one day will be like the farmer's markets. Like we used to have here, like that would be the, uh, the craft. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be uh, a craft brewery. And so that's what legalization will be. It'll all be corporate cannabis and craft breweries. So when you go to a new location and you don't want to have that corporate cannabis, you'd say, well, where's the craft cultivator in uh, for this community? Uh, and so uh, that's just kind of how I feel it's going to play out. But you know what? We'll have this conversation in five years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, we're still got this little stuff with like leafly challenging Florida's ban on third party online marijuana services, MJ Biz Daily. Nice. So Leafly filed a legal challenge against Florida's regulators who claim the online marijuana e-commerce company violates a state law banning third party cannabis dispensing services. So does that mean the the actual people in business now you can purchase to their websites? That'd be something I'd be interested in. Uh, yes, with the Florida license being an extremely large vertically integrated license, it allows, and I, I'd have to check, but I know that you can buy online. And then if you can have it delivered to you online, that's possible. But uh, Florida's market has been so difficult and huge to get into that I just haven't paid very much attention to it because it is so um, difficult to enter and to exit. There's no mean, like application uh, ring or there's nothing that there, there's no action in it. Like you really have to like, talk about uh, no room for mom and pop cannabis, middle market cannabis. There's no room for middle market cannabis in Florida. It's terrible. Well, Florida has proven to be the place where corruption wins, right? <laughs> this is the place where you can take uh, your, your representative to the Bahamas, uh, pick up underage women and do a lot of ecstasy. And then you'll get your, your vote or your, your licensing or the, the limiting that you want. So nobody with other than a million dollars can join. More than that, it was like 50 million. That's what Truly's husband, uh, CEO's husband was bragging about when he got found guilty of bribery because he was saying, then then we changed the law. So you had to have an orange grow for the past 30 years. So like only four people in the state could get it. 
it's just ridiculous. And the corruption in politics uh, and inclusive, including uh, the cannabis area of it, we shouldn't be surprised, but it just lets no. you down, you know, like think about that. It's really all who you pay uh, when they're running for political office. And then if they're in power, they'll reward you, even though there's no such thing as a prid quo, uh, quid pro quo, because that would be uh, illegal. That would be a bribe. Yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous that we're even like uh, uh, being disillusioned by this. Like, like if you've been following cannabis policy for any time, speaking of, like and subscribe and, and continue going. You know what? We're almost at 30,000, dude. I'm so excited that we're almost at 30,000. I'm going to start encouraging other people. If you're watching us, push us. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to well, make this happen. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but like, I'm fairly certain that it, it, they've been cracking down on all cannabis channels, but that's one of the reasons why our views are so low and everything. It's just interesting how YouTube can use its algorithm to wipe you out or like at least keep you quiet. I have no idea how fast we could have grown, but cannabis prohibition is you know widely panned everybody wants it legalized and so that they're suppressing information for helping that aspect is really frustrating you know but one day hopefully we're let out of the cage and and then we're able to i mean, I mean you still would probably get fined for uh, uh consuming on air but like if you and I were having not cannabis legalization news, but homebrew news. And so it's like, you know, talking about homebrewing. Uh, I don't think we would be facing these types of sensors, but maybe we'd still get the 18 plus because we're telling people how to make alcohol as opposed to all that other stuff. You know, well, yeah. I think there you go. So you have to hit the uh, you have to hit the bell. Otherwise, the 18 plus just ain't going to hit you guys. Yeah, well, the, you know, back to the homebrew. When once this gets treated like homebrew, because you know, uh, homebrew hasn't put Anheuser or any of the bars in my neighborhood out of business, right? Like this is when you get to a, a we get to that level of national level where I can go to Idaho and be like, well, it's more of a, it's gonna be a culture thing. Just like there are like brew cultures, there are people who gather around for beer and and, and touch talk about notes and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know different ingredients to it. You know, this 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 Leafly article though. It, it kind of confuses me though, because Weed Maps. There was a whole big hoopla about how now you can buy through Weed Maps at uh, on uh, uh, in California. So I just didn't know uh, you could do this already. Oh, nope. there we go. California's not Florida. <laughs> Got me, Marvin. Good- I get that part. I'm just saying, like. You know why I like Sherlock's better than spoons? Shoot. Because spoons will sometimes shotgun because there's no, there's no, you know, this, it hits, it hits that, and then it stops. Oh, gotcha. Make it all the way back up there. I just inhaled a little fleck of my ball. That's why you got to use those little jumping jacks I told you about. Like, they're little glass. Jumping jacks. uh, Yeah, yeah. But do you, you, as soon as you tap your ball out and you don't, if you don't know they're there, you lose them. Like I, I think I've kept some small glass blower in business from just buying continuously these small little fuckers. Well, that's why I just go for Sherlock's now because then you don't need that little gold screen you put in there and always forget, you know? Sherlock's are cool. I mean, I don't like the gold screen though. I just don't like putting metal. You know, the only time I use that metal is for the hash. Right, right. It's something else. Let's see here. What do we do with the 420? Get in contact with us. Uh, uh, get in contact with us if you're looking to scale your cannabis business, patent your plant, raise money for your cannabis business. Do we have any other particular bumper like that, or how did uh, Lauren want us to actually do that part of the show? 
Actually, just check out our link, right? You can get that in a bit.ly. The bit.ly. Ah, the, that's the, how you the get link tree. That's right. We have our link tree in our thing. Now, if we try to link to this page right here, uh, knowledge.cannabisindustrylawyer.com, uh, YouTube will, and then and then we, we make that for sale. YouTube will take down this video. So we can't link to that. But we can say, hey, you know, if you ever need anything, just head on over to cannabisindustrylawyer.com and then you'll eventually get it. Hey, Josh got fucking ding for uh, posting a link in the description. Last, uh, he got banned for a week, uh, two weeks ago. Like that's exactly what happened. That's exactly, exactly. what happened. Yeah. And so we got banned. And we're not doing anything intentional. But it was last October, yeah, and so we have to be careful. Uh, hopefully, we don't go back to YouTube jail. I mean, that's that's why we're just giving our link tree, which goes out to our other stuff. So we aren't linking directly to anything except for our stuff. You know. <laughs> Our social. So I like this uh, this next one. It's a pizza place in Colorado. I ate a four course meal at a weed pizza parlor and got stoned to the bone. Insider. So yes, there are places where you can get infused fucking food out there, folks. Cool. So uh, what did she eat? What did she eat? She got a gourmet pizza called Stone Gourmet. Wait, that's the name of the place. Well, I got kids going on. You go ahead and read this part, bro. All right. Andrea Mickelson from Insider dined at a gourmet cannabis pizza shop called Stoned Gourmet Cannabis Pizza, where all of the food is infused with THC. Question that I have, if you are in a infused cannabis pizzeria and you're standing close to the oven, can you get a contact high? I'm not sure, but if I worked there, uh, I would find out. Uh, the four-course meal included ganja knots, sticky icky wings, and a pot pizza sampler. At Stoned, located somewhere in the East Village in New York City, diners are welcome to bring their own joints and blunts to accompany their meal. But you don't need to BYO... W to get buzzed. Every food item on the menu contains a generous helping of THC. So it's yes, New York. I thought it was in Colorado. Holy crap. You know, New York. Nope. This uh, is in New York. So she estimated that she consumed 150 yeah. milligrams of THC in 2.5 hours, or as I'd like to call it, yikes. Uh, although in New York, adults can now legally consume cannabis as they please. Weed sales are still illegal and won't kick off for about yeah, another year. A lot of pop-ups, dude. Yeah, but that's all right. And so, like, we don't have the New York rules. We have the New Jersey rules. If I wasn't right here... I'd probably be working on a website, to be honest. But uh, you definitely have to read those New Jersey rules before you do your application. And you have to you have to dissect them and then create some stuff out of them. So as I said before, though, in all these legal states, all these uh, legal markets, there's always the, the first person to step foot and, and do it and say, uh, I'm the one that's going to be a, a grower or, or whatever, because they're also at the forefront of like also the law. Like, like they may uh, never get a license. Oh, that's the thing. I'm frozen. Like, I'm frozen. I have uh -oh. no idea. You might be back. Am I... Am I... Are you back or am I back? I'm back. Let me get out. Hey, it's me. I'm that guy. Who you tune into for cannabis legalization news. Let's get the, uh, it's, I believe it's you, Miggy, but I have no idea. Let me see what Lauren's saying. Who's lagging. Does that you, Miggy? Were you lagging? I'm 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 gonna leave and come back. I'm gonna leave. I think his kids are playing Sega, and by that I of course mean Xbox. So the most important thing is that we can uh, say smoking marijuana may will be fair game at the state fair. Uh, which state fair is that? Let's go to 
New York, in New York, marijuana use will be permitted wherever tobacco use is on the New York State Fairgrounds this year, according to the fair's public relations manager on Monday. Pretty sweet. It's one of the many of first comings for the State Fair, which returns this week. It cannot be smoked indoors or at Chevy Court and Chevy Park, but can be smoked anywhere else that's outdoors. The fair does encourage those who smoke marijuana to be considerate of those around them, especially the children, unless they want to get weird dirty looks from people. The State Fair starts this Friday, August 20th, which of course was two days ago. Hey, Miggy, are you alive or is it still just me? I want to go to New York, man. New York sounds like it's it's happening, man. Yeah, New York does sound like it's happening and I like how they're you, taking it. You can't hear me? Uh, oh my God. Are you out here, I can I can hear you. You're going out to the people, but you might not be able to hear these people. I can hear you, bro. So, uh, so you're back. Son of a bitch. I hate the internet issues. This um, is what, yeah, I'm, this I'm is back. I should be. I, I think it's my Wi-Fi. No. Yeah. I got yeah. plug in hardwire. You know what? Let me come back. I did. I plugged in hardwire. I Take plugged in hardwire weeks uh, ago. But this is. Yeah. This is well, I'll tell you what. You guys should see. Let me see if I give me five minutes to see if I can find a wire long enough. Yep. Welcome. My name's Tom. You can find me at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com, and we're going to be talking about how Hawaii has banned smokable CBD drinks and gummies. That's right. Let me read this news story. Uh, CBD gummies and drinks and smokable hemp are now off limits in the Hawaiian states uh, under new rules adopted earlier this month. The interim rules limit hemp extract sales to tablets, tinctures, capsules, powders, and topicals. That's right. Uh, Hawaii is the latest state to try to ban smokable hemp flour. I wonder how successful the previous legal challenges that were successful in other states outside of Hawaii will be tested in Hawaii. Uh, the Hawaii authorized their hemp production in 2019, but ended its industrial hemp pilot program last year when it had an estimated 57 growers. Hawaii is one of the six states that had decided to cede hemp cultivation oversight to the United state's department of agriculture and the processing rules enacted earlier this month come from the state's department of health the agency charges processors 500 bucks a year and requires them to be 500 feet away from schools parks and neighborhoods and if you are asking yourself what is that uh, technical term in zoning law that is what they call a setback so a setback is a measure of distance of things from which other things cannot be. They don't just apply to cannabis. Like if you had a shooting range, you probably have a setback, probably also a bar. Uh, it's, it's just how you have these types of uses in land. Moving on to checking to see uh, the status of Miggy. Nope. Miggy is still MIA. We're going to then just kind of roll on to the next story. And the next story has to do with, um, Oklahoma City man pleads guilty to making false statements to a bank. Don't do that. Um, false statements to a bank are a federal crime. And not only that, it's one of those federal crimes that the United States has funded prosecution in, as opposed to like medical cannabis crimes, which would be basically any cannabis. The Western District of Oklahoma said an Oklahoma City man pled guilty to making a false statement to a bank in order to open an account for his medical marijuana business. His LLC also pleaded guilty to laundering more than $770,000 in marijuana proceeds through that account. Now, $770,000 of marijuana proceeds 
lies to a bank, it's called it's Oklahoma. You would have been able to find a bank. You're able to get a cannabis license. You didn't have to do this. Uh, so please follow the rules. However, when you have like such an open market, like in Oklahoma, people are loath to follow the rules. And very often, oh, Miggy, you just got here in time for me to tell you about how you can save money when hiring a lawyer. Can can you hear us? (laughs) No, you don't? All right. Well, let me tell you uh, and you at home how to save money when hiring a lawyer. Uh, And then we'll continue to troubleshoot, Miggy. I can hear you, but like, this is not. (laughs) All right. So let me tell you how to save money uh, when you're when you're hiring a lawyer. You call them early. So if you have won one of these cannabis licenses and stuff hasn't really started to move yet uh, and and you own like 51 percent of it, like if you're a social equity uh, owner, this could be applicable up and down the East Coast in a few years. once that 51% and cash starts showing up, how well do you really understand that operating agreement? How well are you really in control? Uh, If you get that advice early on, you can know exactly what may or may not happen. And it'll be much cheaper because you can take preventative measures against it. But if you just kind of go and then something goes wrong in 12, 6, 18 months and all the money's gone or or you've been squeezed out or they're trying to squeeze you out, that is a different set of facts. And so that'll cost a lot more money to fix than if you would have started earlier when it was a problem that hadn't happened yet. You see, it's always easier to stop a problem than it is to go get a problem back after it's become one, because you might have to go to court to go find that money, which may be gone. And then other things like paying lawyers and discovery and depositions. And nobody's got time for that. And that's one of the reasons why you focus on it on the early time uh, when you're just getting started and not after something's gone wrong. I cannot tell you how many people screw that up. And I will talk to people that have made that mistake. And I'm like, man, if you would have called me sooner, this would be way better. Uh, I might have been able to take care of this for like a few thousand dollars. You are in real big litigation land, like 50,000, 60. It's something else. And, and with that, we're going to go see if Miggy is still experiencing some technical difficulties. Yeah, can you hear me? We can. Uh, All right. Now, where did you go to? Oh, I, just, I switched my phone and I'm outside just to... Uh... Yeah, I'm just fingers crossed that I can carry a conversation. <laughs> well, hey, matter of fact, look, the reason why I came out here is so I can actually be in the weeds. Be in the weeds. I tell you, I'm in the weeds sometimes, but right now I'm not. We were just talking about uh, an Oklahoma City man who pled guilty to making false statements to a bank and opening a medical marijuana dispensary. One well, uh, more- Go ahead. I'm just saying this is kind of crazy how we're in, a, in the legalization where you know, we talk about how it should be okay. Like people going to jail for a plant and it, they should be going to jail for uh, fraud, not for the plant itself. But yet this man didn't even have a chance because he had to lie to in the position that the law is written. Right. Like, no. No, there's you know, banks that will take you. There are banks that will take you. And so, like, he didn't have to do this. That was just, he lied. And so that's what he's in trouble for. That's why it was money laundering. I mean, like, they may be able to try to raise a defense uh, to this, to say, like, they don't have any. But then the, 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 the federal government, which counts as the state in this instance, his counter argument is that, uh, no, 
you're in violation of those medical marijuana laws. There's money for us to prosecute this. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing, though. I mean, the man's facing jail time for a financial crime like that. Like, what is our our value system? What is our, you know, like like, Madoff, man, like, you know, crimes. No, that that, that, that was more than a financial crime because that that took from other people. He's not taking as far as uh, involuntary or, or, or lying about. He, he lied about the source, not the, not to the source, right? Not to the people who bought the weed from him. Not There's, necessarily. Not necessarily. You see, you that's, that's not really how it's going to go. You know, they, they even ask somebody, so if you're seeing someone try to skirt the law because the law is somewhat unfair to the given business. So one of the reasons why he's trying to not book it as a marijuana company might be also for tax purposes or just to gain access to banking services for less money because you will have to pay a fee in the cannabis space for that banking service because there's an extra layer of compliance and risk that is inherent into banking a cannabis company. This is one of the oh, reasons why the Safe Banking Act is really, really important, but you still are not allowed to lie to the federal government when you're banking in connection. With, you're not allowed to lie to the federal government or a financially inserted uh, depository institution to get to influence or just given to extend credit. You know, and I mean, this is where bank fraud often comes up and you're seeing it right now. These, these raids that they say, yeah. The second course that the uh, feds bring up in that investigation is some type of bribery or fraud so that they actually do have money then available to go try to police these crimes. But and that's 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 the thing, too, is, is you, know, you said there's banks out there who will do it. But what banks? You know, these guys have to go shopping yeah. around and, no, and, and, and I can risk. Find you, if you have a cannabis license in Oklahoma, I can find you a bank by the end of the week. You know, like. It's so like it's one of those things where if you're lying to the guys just to get yourself some type of competitive advantage and and the regulations are so open like they are in Oklahoma, the whole point of a lot of the regulations are so for like trust and compliance purposes, because the state is legalizing it in in a large part to tax the the dick out of it. And so they want to be sure that you're not slipping on uh, on them, you know. With that said, because uh, this guy, he's he's in trouble for 600000 If you have over half a million dollars, hit up Tom because he can help you funnel your money. Not not funnel it. It's not funneling. <laughs> it's, it's placing it correctly. It is um, it is uh, banking with compliance, let's call it. I understand. I'm just saying, yeah. like, the, Those the are my layman. first clients, man. My first clients were banks going, like, how do we bank this weed cash? And I'm like, oh. Glad you asked. And I'll explain it to him. Well, shouldn't you not explain it and just do it? Because that's how you make your money? No, absolutely not. You should explain it to them and so that your your clients can do it. And so now, you know, you explain it to them so that your clients who have cannabis licenses can do their business and not be in trouble. You know, it's more important to follow the rules. If you would have followed the rules, we wouldn't be reading this headline. But I, I just don't get where how he could follow the rules. What would he say that to get him these loans or to, to have his, you know, he had to be layered in LLCs? Yes, there are a lot of LLCs that are involved, but mm. he would have told the bank that he was a cannabis company. He was an honest straight up and then they could have denied him, though. That's right. And then you go to the next bank. I get it, but I just think it's kind of, you know, most people aren't cool of carrying half a million dollars. And that's why he's looking for a place to hide it, which 
not hide, but uh, you know, this is why uh, there's a million providers though. Like I, when I go to these trade shows, there are no shortage of banking solutions, some in crypto, some for cash handling for this exact problem. You have $770,000. You can't get a normal bank. Okay. Call cash card or card oh. cash or, or whatever. I mean, like our kind card, call them. They will create a Bitcoin transaction so you'll get cash in an account and you have a safe and then they come pick up the safe when you say it's full. Or actually, they're counting it in real time so they know when it's full. They come pick up the safe. Okay. Well, I, I mean, that's a cool thing. I just I think it must be hard if you have that kind of money to – who do you put your faith in? Because this is also your your everything, I'd imagine, for a lot of these people. Uh, sometimes, just from my experience in this industry, there are some uh, – Scallywags, right? As I'm saying, like I've seen plenty of people ripped off, and and just the leveraging is not, or rather, it was not in their favor, and they lost their money for what they should be entitled to, you know. And and, but then, like you said, and then they didn't they didn't protect themselves early enough, and so because they went into that fact pattern without protecting themselves, they got pantsed. And this happens to people, man. This really yeah. does happen to people on a regular basis. So um, please check your paperwork before the money shows up. Before. Very important. Well, and also just look up the people you're doing business with. Like that, I just think that's number one in this cannabis that people don't understand. Like the work experience is essential. Like that's why when we get into this manufacturing side of things, when I do consulting, I want to, I have 10 years experience. I've gone through my fourth accreditation audit. So now I've, I've seen how the, the sausage is made. And I'm yeah. ready to go and make some money out of it. You know? Well, hang on, man. You got to get our facilities accredited and GMP certified. And so if That's you right. get our facilities in Illinois all taken care of and GMC certified, then you got ex- you not only have that 10 years of that type of accreditation experience, you also have some cannabis GMP certification accreditation experience under your belt. There you go. Yeah, exactly. People need to look at the resume and the real like what a person offers, you know, like, like I thought about, we talked about last time, a higher consultants pop up every time there's a state that's legal. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. There are so many consultants that are brand new in New Jersey, New York right now. Brand new. It's great. Yeah. All um, the out of college and be like, yeah. Oh my God. You know, uh, that's the thing. You have to look at experience, you know, just because a person has college experience does not qualify as experience. There's, there's a lot of things out there in the big boy world. Mm. One of those things, but you know what, there's in a uh, uh, reporting from the uh, very surreal world of cannabis legalization news world. What's that? We got to name that strain. Oh, that's right. There she is. Tiny on my phone. But can you make it out? Like, how's the picture quality? Because you're coming in. You look almost like an impressionist painting. It's great. If you're joining us today and you think Miggy looks like an impressionist painting, uh, you know, smash them likes. I look how I feel. I just got done smoking that uh, whatever, you know. Anyways, uh, that's a beautiful, uh, nice, dense nug. Looks it is a dense, dense one. And it's got some uh, purple hues and some light greens. Uh, the, the, the hairs have completely compressed against the nuggets. So I'm thinking that this was fished out out of a turkey bag uh and there was some <laughs> some compression what and the fuck 
You know, uh, Native Dank from way downtown swishes it with Grape Ape. According to Leafly, Grape Ape was propagated by the apothecary genetics and Barney's Farm. It is mostly a Nika strain that crosses Mendocino perps, skunk, and Afghani, named for its distinct grape-like smell. And too bad we do not have some to share with the smell. Miggy, it looks like you're reporting from the front lines of cannabis legalization news. Hey, this is my uh, my my home grow that uh, 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 bag seed. She uh, she's strong. That's good. She's not the she's not the prettiest, but she's mine. Well, it's she's just getting into the fruity stage. I mean, so that should be getting into flower right about now. In approximately uh, two months, you should be able to pull something off that. I would imagine. Check this one out, though. This is this is gonna be a funny one. Same age. Remember where Miggy is. It is legal to do this. I, th- I think I'm growing. I'm growing an eighth right here. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I've had that sad one. I'm not going to report for my uh, garden right now. If you want to check out my garden status, you can just go to my Instagram. I'm having a hard enough time keeping YouTube happy. I just am trying to keep the algorithm happy. I just don't get why they don't care. They just well, don't care. There's a bias against us. I told you, man. Like, like it's kind of like um, you just got to assume everything's against you, right? And against the law, the algorithm. You know, uh, you're not thinking like an aggressive narcissist. You have to think that you're entitled to everything and you everybody owes you. And don't you know who I am? Now, that's a different method of thinking. So if you take the aggressive narcissistic approach to cannabis legalization, wouldn't we just demand it and be like and then just start, uh, you know, really laying into people that are, uh, you know, saying that it's a bad idea? But we do. And that's I'm saying there's I've been doing it for over 20 years. And and, and now with like with us and, you know, what, almost 30,000 subscribers and then the, the Facebook page with 300,000 people like we've been making that conversation. We've been doing this. That's why the other day I was just thinking, like, you know what? We're so close to 30,000, whatever this algorithm is or this thing that's against us or that, that slows our because, our, our, you know, we'll get like 5,000 subscribers in a fucking week versus zero in another week you just don't know how this works and you're just like fuck it like and subscribe help us man <laughs> you start pandering i'm like yeah. i'm thinking like fuck it i'm not used to pandering i don't want to pander but you know what yo let's do this search terms are, are reduced and so like it really depends on what the search traffic is of a particular term uh one thing that we could try to do is use other terms outside of ours and then know that what we're making is compliant uh and then just try to hit trends uh to a certain extent but mm, those that takes work and you know that's what i get paid to do already working uh something similar to this let's uh let's wrap up this uh, wonderful episode with cannabis legalization news by you know reminding us that you guys can get a shirt from us if you if you hit us up uh, and win a name that strain so the guy who won that uh, hit me up at cannabis industry lawyer on instagram and uh, we'll get you a shirt now we have something in stocks which is an interesting stock news and we'll talk a little bit about it after the bumper Contributor to the the subreddit Potstocks posted a document showing the CEO of Trueleaf, Kim Riversturge, purchased $100,000 or 3,509 shares of Trueleaf stock, while their CFO purchased another 666 uh, shares. Redditor Cornelius said there is no case for Trueleaf to tank or fail. The company is one of the undisputed leaders in the States, and its growth story is far from over. No management issues, no revenue issues, just a lot of drama going on over with its husband, but it's all drama. And it's true. 
Remember when we were talking, Miggy, about uh, this and what would happen with the True Leaf stock after her husband was found guilty of uh, a bribery? Oh, yeah. It, it, nothing happened. It, oh, no, no. It tanked. It went down. Like, if we can get uh, – Lauren, yeah. can you uh, uh, go Google the last two weeks of the True Leaf stock price so we can off, often see uh, an entry point for this trade? It's uh, it's a good – there is upside. They have strong foothold in Florida. They have a wonderful uh, uh, foothold in, in Georgia and a deal with uh, the West Coast in Arizona. So if it is federally legal, this is going to be a big winner. Truly. Uh, yeah. truly. Oh, wow. There you go. It's down 20 percent, man. It took a big yeah. hit. And wow, um, and so I didn't buy that. I bought the MSOS uh, on Monday. And hmm. so, well, what day is it? No, Friday. I think I put it in toward the end of the week as they had all sold off. And so, yeah, she's in and she's like, man, I'm getting a, a 20 cents on the dollar uh, discount on the stock price. So it's on sale. <laughs> so I'm buying more. Uh, and that's oh, kind of sure. how that works. That's crazy to think that. And, and then, but why does she still have a job? That's that's my other question. Is like these people are so cash heavy, but not on the right end. Like it's they're not taking care of the people or whatever. Uh, just kind of like with like with the with the MedMen being bought by Tilray. Like I I've thought MedMen was going to die years ago. Like like give me one good story. But now it seems like they're trying to make all the right moves. And then truly like. Like you said, there's states already in Georgia and uh, all the other states coming up. You know, they got the money and the backers and the political pool. So, so like, I would think the smart decision would be to lay this lady off. <laughs> no, man. I mean, like, they're, they're, it makes a lot of good sense what she just did. And then, like, if they can buy into New Jersey on day one when Jersey starts selling in early 2022, and then New York's going to start selling weed uh, in a year. And they should start selling. And like the problem with New York starting to sell is that there's not enough licenses. And so they should do a round of cultivator licenses uh, when they are starting to sell as well, because there's just not that they don't have the infrastructure. You know, the New Jersey, the New York medical program wasn't that big. So they're going to have to have license rounds and it's going to be interesting. It looks like New Jersey setting up its licensing round to be. Um, laid back unless you got the license and then like you kind of have to get it after four months it's interesting well you know truly success and and, and also like the medmen success with the the financial backers that are like the, the, the people who have money to just to throw at whatever it, it goes to show about like the lack of culture that we have in cannabis now Right. Like no one's actually going, oh, that's truly I'm not going to go there. Right. Like because your money is what backs what, what, you know, backs everything up. That's your vote. That's the number one thing that we all have that right. we can be a voice in. And, and the fact that no one they still frequent these places are still, you know, just I mean, I'm not saying that there should be marches against them. But and I know in Florida, they had the unfair advantage because they were the only options. Like, right. You only got four options. Of course, you're going to you know, be corporate evil but they've proven now like the georgia market and then all the other ones coming up there and this lady just still you know with their bragging ways about political pull and and leveraging it against for an unfair market really it's the most un-american thing but yet they're going to be successful they're going to be extremely successful they're so far in the lead it's funny yeah, no, this is uh, it's, it's, it's a hubris. I mean, long term yes. capital management. And so companies fall flat on their face all the gosh darn time. And once the veil is dropped and they have to compete, 
I could see them having a much more difficult road to hoe. But let's go get some more licenses out there, man. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be another great week of cannabis legalization news, and I think we're pretty much going to roll this one up. Sounds good, bro. Yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Make sure you like and subscribe. Keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday.